Welcome to Chucked. I'm Charles Braxton. This is Austin Charles. We're glad to be with you today in episode number three of Chucked. Austin, those shoes you are wearing, I wish the listeners could see them. These black and red Jordans. What number Jordan? Yeah, most people would call them the Air Jordan 12. The Air Jordan 12. Flu games. So these are the ones he wore. Oh, wow. Flu yeah. game. There's a whole story behind and, uh, that. That's in the Utah famous, when he had the flu. Yeah, 1998. But he was really probably hungover yeah. from partying the night before. So you're a shoe aficionado um, par excellence. And, I don't um, know what that means. Supreme, you know, very, I very don't superior. Speak French. Yeah. <laughs> no, nor do I. That's, that's the extent of my French words. Um, you love shoes. So. I, I notice the shoes you're not wearing and I steal them. Mm-hmm. And so those black Nikes that for the last few months I've been wearing on stage, those are actually Austin shoes. They were in the closet in the hallway for six months <laughs> and I stole them mm-hmm. and they're mine. That, I mean, mm-hmm. it, I've claimed them now. I've got a lot of shoes. You're going to start a new episode new segment, segment yeah. today. Yeah. A new expose, uh, explain it, and yeah, then we're going to do a couple of hooks off that. Well, I thought of, you know, this is a very weird thing we do here, sitting in my dad's basement, staring at the wall, talking a into a microphone. A very colorful wall. very colorful wall, cool ten. wall, but it's, yeah. it's very weird. It's, it's very hard to do. Um, so I thought to break the ice and to create a prompt to then create conversations out of um, that will hopefully add value to you. Um, I came up with a segment that we'll start each episode with called How I Feel About It, subtitled and other grievances because I love subtitles. So I just found a way to create one there. Um, so we'll just, we'll just go into it and, and, uh, and hopefully this doesn't bomb. Um, first one, DeMar DeRozan, small forward for the Toronto Raptors after his um, egregious performance last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Semifinals um, where... They got blown out by the Cleveland Cavaliers. DeMar DeRozan said, I will pay anyone $100 um, if they can guard LeBron or try to guard LeBron. DeMar DeRozan makes $26.4 million a year. Uh, him saying that is basically like me saying, I'll pay someone a nickel out of my pastor's salary to have them chew through pavement. It's a ridiculous thing, he said. Um, that really bothers LeBron, you, Well, LeBron, I mean, he, I mean, he had like, he scored like 90-some points and had a million assists and 40-some rebounds is a, is a typical LeBron night. And, and so another, another thing how I feel about it is, is LeBron, I will have, I will, I will have the argument of him being the greatest of all time or the greatest athlete of all time, but I will have the conversation with anyone that he's the greatest athlete of all time, that he's, that he's better than Michael Jordan. I don't feel any need to argue it yet. His career has not, has not been written, but I will have that conversation with anyone mm. because everyone who dislikes LeBron is just that same guy who rooted against Michael Jordan his whole career just to be cool. Who, you know, he, he, was, he was the guy that loved when the Indiana Pacers shaved their heads in the 98 Eastern Conference Finals and you know, rallied together with behind you know, Mullins and Smits and Miller and all those just, you know, you really feel strongly about that, players. Don't you? Yeah, I do. I feel re- and so here's one hot take for everyone that does not like LeBron. He's underrated, and you know that, and you can't stand it. Wow. There you go. Wow. Because in 20 years wow. from now, we're going to look back on LeBron's career on the court and off of it, and be mesmerized that oh my gosh, we witnessed the greatest athlete of all time in American history, and we didn't appreciate it wow. like we should have. And you're saying that totally objectively. Absolutely objectively. You're, the fact people that you're just a can't Cleveland st- Cla- people, Cavaliers fan like I can't am stand that does it, not enter into the equation at all. People Really, people are just mad that they didn't get more, you know, we only got like 
15 years, really, between LeBron and Jordan. And really, LeBron came in the year after Jordan retired, so we didn't really get any time yeah. at all. That's yeah. what people were really mad about. They just wanted more time to celebrate That's Jordan. True. But yeah. I happen to agree with you, but I'm not sure either one uh, of us is really objective. Uh, so, uh, how, how, yeah, I know. So, uh, moving on, staying within the NBA, Isaiah Thomas, point guard, 5'9 point guard of the Boston Celtics. Um, I used to, I used to, I still, I mean, I don't have a problem with him personally, but on the core, I used to love him when he played for Phoenix and played for Sacramento. Now, the Boston Celtics just turned into this like Players Tribune team where they just like say, you know, we're not afraid of anyone. And they write these pieces and they have these like really, you know, inspiring quotes from Brad Stevens. And um, I've just, I've started to have enough of it. I've started to have enough of Isaiah Thomas. He's adorable. I get it. The media and Isaiah Thomas—they need to just get a room because they're just—they started this love affair that you I, are I going to be a grumpy can't really old man. stand. I'm already am. I already already am. You know, he's—he started to remind me of this of that guard out in Golden State. You know, by the way, Golden State plays Utah in Game Two tonight. Um, dear Golden State, Utah in six. Um, last week we had the draft, and uh, we had uh, drafted Jareel Peppers. What do you think of that? Love it. Love it. Love it. He's a Michigan guy. It, it, I don't, don't care. I, if he went to the University of the Devil and he's going to help the Browns, I'm desperate. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm desperate. And I think with Greg Williams' defense, Jabril Peppers, yes, I believe he was overhyped in college. I think he's right for their defense. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Thumbs up. Yeah, and then uh, the day after that, Todd McShay came out. Well, the day after the draft, Todd McShay came out with his 2018 mock draft, which was, which is pretty. Yeah, absurd. which is, is is if if the cyberspace ever gets used up, we could have saved so much cyberspace by not having a waste of cyberspace called mock drafts that I totally use utilized. I clicked on it and read the whole thing. Did you really? I did. What a waste of your time. It was of your precious life. It is amazing. These. Two out of Sports Illustrated's 32 mock draft projections were right. I mean, these guys, like, unbelievable. What a waste of time. The day after the draft, the 2018 mock drafts come out. It's, a, it's a unbelievable. a waste of time. Maybe like this podcast, a waste of time. It could be. You know, I'm sorry. We're, we're kind of going to be unapologetic about talking about sports because, you know, this is, uh, this is America and sports, they, they rule. They do. Uh, but we're going to try to find value in that. Number, uh, next one, we can make it the last one here because there's just so many here that are just completely superfluous. Um, but uh, last one is about the city of Boston. And... Um, so you know, to start off with Boston, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, he's trademarking these, uh, these sayings, do your job. He's fi- literally filing for, filing for tra- trademarks. Do your job, the Patriot way. We are all Patriots. No days off. Ignore the noise. One more. Blitz for six. Unequivocally, the sweetest is the latest one for the latest Super Bowl. He's filing wow. for these trademarks. Wow. Dear, dear Boston sports fans, don't trip when you finally get over yourselves because you're, you're going to one day. And just don't, just don't trip and, and hurt yourselves. But what I really wanted to say here is uh, you're Bo- really really resentful about the fact that they have what you don't have they, I mean they, they ran out of room in <laughs> Gillette Stadium for their championship banners unbelievable but this is this is a real problem so the Baltimore Orioles were where they were in they're playing at Fenway earlier this week and Adam Jones outfielder for the Baltimore Orioles he uh, I can't even say that Baltimore Orioles Oof. Um, he has uh, heard a number of times racist slurs. 
in, in the outfield. I had peanuts thrown on him, and um, I said peanuts, not anything else. Jason, get that? Peanuts. Peanuts. Way to go making that <laughs> Irish clear. Irish wristwatch. Irish wristwatch. Irish which. <laughs> uh, so this is, this is serious, guys. This is a serious topic. This is not the first time that Boston sports fans have been accused of uh, being on the wrong side of a racial issue. I'm not saying that the city of Boston is racist. You know, this happens all over. And to kind of give this context, J.R. Smith was once asked, the, small, the shooting guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers, is it hard to shoot free throws when everyone behind the backboard is waving their arms? And he said, it's not that hard, especially when you're used to going to Utah, predominantly white city, and they're screaming the N-word at you the whole time. Once you can do that, you can pretty much shoot anywhere. Wow. And so I'm, not, so I'm not just picking on Boston here, but they tend to be on the wrong side of these racial issues most of the time. And um, it just baffles me that we, uh, we're, uh, we're not past the N-word. You know, like I've, on a, a number of times in my life, I've had more than five beers, and I, was not, I did not feel like, okay, now I need to start shouting the N-word at people <laughs> because that's what you do. Yeah. You know, so it, it, the level of in, you know, inhumanity that... Um, we keep on seeing. What, what do you think of that? Like, you know, is this? Yeah, I want to talk about that because the that to me was a watershed type event, at least in this week. Mm. In that, are you kidding me? That I think Mike Wilbon put it well. We still in 1942. Mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson retired, guys. <laughs> like, Un- unbelievable <laughs> that that would happen. Again, that doesn't represent all of Boston mm-hmm. by any stretch. The next night, they gave him a st- and Adam Jones a standing yeah. ovation, and I was so glad to see that. And Fenway said they are going to uh, enforce a ban from the ballpark if they find you shouting racist slurs, which I don't know how you enforce that. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know I how don't you either. enforce yeah, it, but, you, you know, to, good you try. You have a watch list try, on yeah. the, at the ticket mm-hmm. counter. Yeah. And yeah, if your your face shows up, sort of like at an airport security, then you can't go through. I, I, how do you do that? It's, mm-hmm. I, I'm stunned. I mentioned we were talking. I really liked the movie Hidden Figures. It's the story of the NASA mathematicians, African American women, who because they were women and because they were African American faced incredible pressures, incredible opposition, incredible disrespect, handled it with grace and competency. Their competency so disabled Mm -hmm. the forces that were against them. And that movie was brilliant in its ability to make you hate racism without hating people who were the cause of the racism. Because most of the time you just feel like, man, I'm ashamed of being white. And that's, 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 that's a good way that's to put it. That's the extent of the way, way I feel it. about racism. It's not that yeah. I go out and it's, it's, <clears throat> totally care for that, the minority in it, but it's more of, I make it about me. Yeah. And I just say, well, uh, wish I wasn't white. You know, yeah. Cause it's, it's a I really think that's true. Thing. This movie did not do that, but boy, I've, I've, it's, it's been a while since I've seen a movie that made me <clears> just, hate racism. And one of our walkaway points today is coming away from this Adam Jones incident this week, we cannot 
expect that legislation is going to cure the social ill, which is a spiritual soul ill of racism. It's rooted in so many soul issues. And I would say this today. Here's the value of listening to this podcast today. Today, if you have any opportunity to cross those invisible barriers of race, class, in an appropriate way, of course, gender, um, you do it with the Apostle Paul's admonition, with compassion, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, that those are our, our tools to do our part at a grassroots level to eliminate these barriers, to go out of our way to show compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience especially to people who have a different skin color than we do, have a different social class than we do, different religion than we do. It is Mm -hmm. such an opportunity in our culture now. I know a number of our team at Southbrook, Next Generation team, they were at Orange last weekend, uh, last week, the Orange Conference in Atlanta. And uh, somebody posted Danielle Strickland, the, the Salvation Army leader, she posted, if it is true that the world is as in a bad a shape as it's been in, that means it ought to be as easy to make an impact as ever. Mm-hmm. I believe there's truth to that. The, for If you're a Christ follower and you show love to someone who clearly has a different religious clothing on that says they don't agree with your affections for Christ, that you, you'd go out of your way to... Build relationship. Harvest is ready when the workers are few. It is, right and and I just I think there's a tremendous opportunity. There's a tremendous harvest out there to just show love, and that we are the solution to this issue. Hmm. And yes, I I think in the words of Mayor Vaughn, they ought to be hung up by their Buster Browns, the people that did that. I'll tell I'll you tell know? you what this what 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 this Boston thing makes me think of is. Um, we can. I think why this maybe this is a trend in Boston sports is because everyone can agree mostly that Boston is up there with of many cities that care about their sports more than anyone, right? I like would Boston, put it, yes. Cleveland, Chicago, like the, the like those are like the, the three pinnacle cities that like are way too wrapped New up York in their City. sports. New York, New York City. yeah, yeah, but they hardly ever win anything. Um, Cleveland, <clears throat> but uh, and I think so. For me, what this says is. When you make your life about, you know, going off we talked about um, in the last podcast, when you make your life about the purpose of your life, the purpose of your emotions and your feelings and your actions and what you do, your identity about persons, places, and things, and your focus is on that, your focus can no longer be about your, who you really are, what, what, like what's, what's really, what you really feel about things. And I'll be honest, like I'm, I'm prejudiced. I, I, I feel I'm a 9-11 kid. So for a lot of part of my life, I have one thing when I see a turban, mm-hmm. and that's something I have to fight. I'm not racist towards that, but I that's something I I I fight when I see that mm-hmm. in, innately in me. I don't act it out. I don't say it mm-hmm. out. But I got that's that's where I am with mm-hmm. that. I saw two planes run into the ten twin towers, and I knew where they came from. Right. You know, so these people are in in, in Boston. So, how are so do you, what do you do with that? That's the key. Well, yeah, what do you these do people with are so obsessed with say, their, their, these that material and... things that they cannot focus on. Maybe they maybe they are from a white Irish family, and that this is re- how they really feel towards African Americans. But they're so invested in just a, 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 a MLB baseball game and 
early May that they don't realize what's really coming out of them and these these incredibly inhumane, egregious words and and slurs towards someone that did nothing to them except wear a different uniform than they like. Yeah. You know, that's um, it's it's crazy. And yeah, I think yeah, I think yeah, that's the real problem. If we, if we focus on things that don't really matter. Our focus isn't on bettering ourselves and taking maintenance to what's the truth about me today that is unacceptable, not just for society and humanity, but is unacceptable by the way I want to live my life. Well, your soul goes to the level of the object of your worship. In America, in pockets and then sub-pockets, cultures and subcultures, we have our gods. Mm -hmm. They wear pinstripes on... In Major League Parks, they wear scarlet and gray, they wear orange and brown, they become our gods. You and I both know that without Christ, we would go there so quickly, where that would become our God. Mm -hmm. I have to lay that before God every day, that I don't make that the generation of my affections comes from those colors, those teams. And I think we're seeing that in America right now. We're seeing a digression because these things have become our savior. They've mm -hmm. become our gods. And and when we get elevated to the place where God will elevate us by worshiping him, through, I believe, how he revealed himself through Christ, we'll realize there is no Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And that eradicates these divisions that don't matter. And so take that away today, that the value of this podcast today alone would be clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and cross those invisible barriers today. They are there, and you can do something about it. If, if you're, you're eating at a restaurant, be a hugely generous tipper. If you're in a part of town that is not where you live, show a special kindness. And I do think it's simple things. It's obviously there are huge ills that we have to cure, but we also have to make sure we realize kindness that. Kindness is like, is like LeBron. It's like it's, we all know it's the best, but it's, the most, it's, it's incredibly underrated. You're not going to let that go, are you? <laughs> I'm not, but it is, though. It's, it is, it's it incredibly is underrated. It is true. I mean, it thing. seems so banal to say kind, mm -hmm. be kind to one another tender-hearted toward one another, but that's where it's got to start. The second application that I want to focus on off of your old man grumpy grievances today is Amen. the argument about LeBron as the greatest of all time. And it relates to that in that this constant debate that we have, who's the greatest basketball player of all time who's the greatest that who's the greatest that it's a constant refrain in culture who's what was the what's the best movie of all time i follow the daily jaws on twitter and instagram and it's so fun for me because it's all people like me who believe jaws is the greatest movie of all time right and i resent the fact that it's like number 37 on the 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 listing of the hundred greatest oh, no way is it number thirty seven or whatever, but we have this longing and going back to our connection and our story it's I think it's a God given longing for this transcendence mm -hmm. to have something someone we look to and say that's my true north 
And we were talking about this last week. Some friends in our church whose house burnt down. And we started talking about what would we want to pull out of the house. If that happened, what would be valuables? Our Air Jordans. That we want to yeah, <laughs> The Air Jordans. And they're an investment. <laughs> they are an no, investment. Kidding. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> but uh, all the boxes of Air Jordans you have, would we be able to get them out of the house? That would be my biggest concern. Yeah. But uh, two of the things, and maybe it's because we were in my office and we were uh, at, here at the house and we were we were right there beside him. But two of the things that mean so much to me, it's a plaque of what Jordan wrote to me when she got married that hangs her words to me. And then a piece that you titled Hero that you wrote to me five years ago, maybe? Yeah, it was 2013, maybe. Yeah, four years ago. And those would be two things that would be irreplaceable. I suppose you, you and she may have them on hard drive somewhere. Mm-hmm. But that means so much. It's the powerful role that Father plays in that first transcendent being. Mm-hmm. I hate to describe we dads as transcendent beings, but it starts that we touched on last week, that principle of the image of God. And we have this argument about the greatest, the greatest, the greatest in the kids' parlance my dad's stronger than your dad, right? It's the same argument, that I need to know that something is ahead of me mm-hmm. that is bigger, larger, stronger, smarter. I think that's what's behind the arguments about the well, greatest Deedee of all time. Like this, uh, it's like neither seen nor really felt or anything. We have to find some way to understand it, and that's the easiest way of to you know, understand. Like, uh, like, this sounds ridiculous and almost blasphemous, but when... You know, when LeBron was drafted out of high school to Cleveland, he had no choice in the matter. He had no choice in the pressure he was taking by playing for his hometown, hometown that had never won a championship in 50-plus years, you know, and taking that on. Then he went to Miami, played there for four years, and in, in, in 2014, that summer, he chose to come back to Cleveland. And what was so pivotal for that to me, and, and, and really what that said about, about Jesus Christ as a real person that really lived and really did something on the cross. And what that means to me is that put into context a little bit in a, in a microscopic way. Sure. Microscopic way that LeBron at that point coming back to Cleveland, he had a choice in the matter. He could have I don't know, gone to LA and play with Doc Rivers. He could have you know, got, gone to New York where it would be a bigger market. He, but he chose pressure. He chose the pain of this town that crucified him essentially when he yeah. left. I mean, yeah. they, you know, burned, burned his jersey, burned his jersey sent death threats to his family. He chose that. No, and, and chose the, the, the lack of title. He chose all of that, knowing the pain, knowing the pressure and, 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 w- and went through with it. And so that put into context of, you know, the, of Christ knowing what he was about to do, knowing he had a way out. He could, he didn't have to do it. So but it really he, is an amazing statement. We see those finite representations of infinite truth. And when you're saying that, I'm thinking about after game seven last year, with emotion, he goes, Cleveland, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And the st- 
stunning claim of the transcendent, infinite God that had to describe himself in ways that we could understand, but is actually bigger than that. He comes and he says, this is for you. He mm-hmm. chose that. And I don't know, I guess in light of, of, of as being a person who had my idols uh, growing up, I mean, I now understand it, that those idols, sports idols, I don't mean like Canaanite idols, mm-hmm. I mean sports idols, that I understand it now. Space pretty close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they were, they were a ways for a child to tap into that God-given hunger for transcendence for the infinite, and every time my heart feels an inkling to go, wow, did you see what Roger Federer did on a tennis court? Did you see those seven crossovers that Kyrie executed? That every time it's a, it's a just an inkling of the transcendence of God, the greatest. The greatest. That moment, I didn't know this was possible. Yeah, I think that's. Exactly. I think that's the doubt that people have with that argument with LeBron and Jordan is. You no, know, we want to be settled on this. Like we we find with Jordan, yeah, we finally got to a point where like pointless. we're settled. We can let it rest. That's the greatest of all time. We're never going to see a better one. Darn, here comes LeBron. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the that's where people really don't want to face facts and say, his career's not even done, and he's pretty underrated, really. We're not. We're kind of taking him for granted, and he's doing things we never thought were possible, with an efficiency, you know, with the mm-hmm. usage rate that is like, is just, you know, crazy of Whatever how much he's not even being used. Usage rate is. Yeah. See, yet, only so those of you who don't know what a usage rate is, is it's basically how nor do we care how much do you have the ball in your hands, um, how many <laughs> shots you take, all this kinds of stuff. LeBron. The difference in so Russell Westbrook is leading the league in usage rate. The difference between LeBron and Russell Westbrook, the mathematical difference there is the difference between LeBron and Kyle O'Quinn. And obviously, probably all of you guys don't know who Kyle O'Quinn is. So that, that, no. that kind of I mean, proves it. You've gone from it. So LeBron, to LeBron, is, LeBron is doing things, and he and he has he basically doesn't even have the ball in his hands, and he's doing things and putting up stats that are unheard of without even, even using the ball. It's unbelievable. The point with that is Jesus' usage rate is off the charts. <laughs> it is. It is. Like he can fill every situation. <laughs> That's what's amazing with me about it is the more I understand this Jesus factor, it fills, you know, the way the Bible puts it, Paul wrote, he is over all and through all and in all. There is not a situation. You need an assist, he's got it. You need a rebound, he's got it. Need to score, he's got it. And, uh, well, today, it's a good reason to go with him. We're glad you joined us on Chuck this week. Episode four, come out next week. And we hope you listen. Have a great day.